rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. What's going on? Hello. What's going on? I don't know. Everything sucks? How's that? No, it doesn't. Everything does not suck. My name is Tara Devlin. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, it's the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, we have our regularly scheduled spot on Saturday evenings from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Please give the show a good review on iTunes and keep coming back. It works if you work it. So work it. You're worth it and live it. We're on FYI Nation. We're on Verdant Square Radio. And soon we will be on Rockfin. That's as soon as I can get my shit together and get up on that bitch. I, I just have too much shit going on right now. But it'll get better. Yes. Um, just very overextended myself the past couple of weeks. It's okay. And a lot of stuff has been going on, you guys know. And just a lot. My had a death in my family. Suddenly my uncle died. And other, Tara Jr. Jr. getting sick. A lot of of shit happening. And that's life, right? It's not going to stop until that's it, until we're done. I'm done, at least. Everything, people will go on, but I will be not here. Anyway, in the meantime, I'm not trying to get morose. Why am I talking like this? I guess I've been... Am I depressed? I'm checking in with myself. No, <laughs> I'm really not. I don't feel depressed. I'm okay. Yes, uh, it was. Uh, that's life, man. That's life. I've I have to get a standing desk. This is what I've realized. I've been sitting in this chair. I feel like I'm also the 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 fact of the pandemic was. It's it's really cut down on my exercise, and I think I'm not alone. If I think one of the unforeseen consequences of this pandemic is that um, for uh, for many of us, I would imagine, is I don't get out much and I need to exercise. And I, I really feel it. I feel like I'm getting my I, I really feel like my back is like getting all screwed up sitting here, I was sitting here for hours in this chair. It's not good. And not moving, and then I go to my bed, that's it. Walk around the house, walk back to the bed, walk back to the computer, you know what I mean? So I need to get a standing desk or a standing extension. So, all right, Uh, what else? That's not what we're here to talk about. Hi, everybody. This is Thanksgiving Eve. It's going to be a weird Thanksgiving for many of us, for a lot of the mature adults. I know that my family isn't having Thanksgiving this year. We're all staying at home, having our own thing. And since I live with cats, we're going to be doing nothing tomorrow but taking naps. I And I feel like that's great. I can't wait. That's what we do. If you, I mean, cats, they know how to live. Nothing like a nap. You know what's better than a nap? When you wake up from a nap and then you go right back to taking a nap. I like that, too. That's pretty good. Well, we don't want to sleep our lives away. Uh, I do enough. Okay. Um, 
So I was saying I have to do a show tonight to check in with everyone. I'm I'm not alone here. I know that uh, it's going to get worse before it gets better as far as this coronavirus is concerned. Now we're up to 2,000 dead a day. It's disgusting. And I was looking up, when was the last time we lost 2,000 Americans a day? And... I couldn't really find anything comparable, I'm sure, in war. But I know that we've, now the death toll has surpassed, you know, numerous uh, uh, American wars combined. So I found it particularly disgusting. Yes, 2000, yeah, 9-11 at the first says. That was the last time we lost 2000, well, in one day, but then over and over, it's like a 9-11 every day, a 9-11 plus, and I I feel that what's going to happen with this, with Thanksgiving, is that right-wingers, why is it right-wingers, always right-wingers, and before I get into what we're, what we're talking about today, because I want to talk about Twitter and the stock market, because that's disgusting, and it says everything that's wrong with this country. We really have our, our heads up our ass. For all of the um, religious talk about whatever the hell, like these right-wingers pretend to be so such holy rollers, but they all, all, all they give a crap about is the unholy dollar. For God's sakes, really? God? Jesus, what would happen if Jesus came back today? If there was a Jesus, you know, that's a whole other story. What would, they would crucify him again. That's what would happen. The conservatives would crucify him again. Talking all this peace and love shit, turn the other cheek shit. Rich can't go. It's easier for the rich to go through an eye of the eye of a needle than to get into heaven. That's just, that's uh, socialism or something. I don't know. It sounds like uh, it's certainly not capitalism. And capitalism, congratulations to capitalism, which I'm so sick of it. Don't you see how um, it, how isn't it tedious? how we constantly have to salve and pet and uh, reassure capitalism and all its adherents. Oh, we always have to... It's like Twitler. It's like a malignant narcissist. A thin-skinned malignant narcissist, just like Twitler. I mean, maybe Twitler is the personification of capitalism walking around. No feelings, nothing but a rapacious black hole of need, sucking in energy, life, truth, anything that's decent, sucking in your humanity, making a mockery of human DNA with every breath it takes. Really? What's going on with my hair over here? I don't know. It's bothering me. That's for sure. I haven't had a haircut <laughs> since lockdown. I kind of, I've been kind of uh, wondering. I don't know. I like it. It's getting long. It's very long. 
So it's getting out of hand. That's how the kids wear it, though, right? They wear it long. But what was I going to say? So, all right, let's start. Let's. Uh, I, I'm all over the place. I need to focus. I want to before we dive in completely. Thank you, Haiku, for your super chat right out of the gate, and thank you, Jim, for your super chat. And I also have to thank publicly another incredibly. Uh, I don't know. It was surprising. Um, I got a not surprise. It's not surprising that this person was so generous. It was just you know I get blown away. Randall, and I think he calls himself Randy, but his email says Randall, so that's why I was calling you Randall. But I think you go by Randy, Randy Radar from PA. He, he he made an incredibly generous donation via the RDT Daily PayPal link. You know, a one-off donation for my birthday coming up in December 27th. And, and that he remembered, he actually said for your birthday, your Christmas birthday, that he remembered my birthday. I was really touched. And for Tara Jr. Jr., the little Antifa cat who had a health scare over the weekend. And I also had a scare. Not just he. I had a health scare because he was having a health scare. What a what a weekend. Walking around Manhattan, crying. Nobody pays any attention to you, though. You're just crying. Everybody's crying, though. You're passing a, bunch of, a whole bunch of people crying. You just keep going. And you're like, okay. Sort of like you wink and nod and keep going. But he, uh, no, it wasn't my fault. They told me he had, he could, they thought, they told me he, they suspected he had feline infectious peritonitis, which is a deadly disease. So when he didn't have it, of course, I was very relieved because, you know, he's still, he's on loan. I'll get him, a, I'll have him for hopefully a lot more years. But I was prepared. Well, I, of course, I wouldn't have put him to sleep that day. But everything I was reading about this was saying that, you know, it's 95% fatal and the best thing you can do is put them to sleep. And I was just, what? This can't be happening. But Randy made a donation to help the, the vet bills, which aren't cheap, as you know, but whatever. That's it's not important when you when you got to do what you got to do. So and it, which is why, I mean, we understand as far as health is concerned. This is what we do for our pets. What do you, you do? How much more for your family or yourself when it comes to your health? That's why it's not a market. It's not a real market because you're over a barrel. It truly is your money or your life. It's ridiculous. And that's how disgusting. We're not, it also it, it ties together with what we're talking about. And when I was thinking about what, what to call the show, it really is the wealth. What is the wealth of a nation in a morally bankrupt society? What is truly wealth? It was, how 
out of touch how um, we have millions, not millions, we have a few succubuses who, you know, came up with some racket. Like one guy, he came up, he, he made a online bookstore. Okay, whoopee freaking doopy. Does that mean he gets to own the rest of us? Because he came up with a way like, oh, uh, I'm going to put everything, I'm going to make everything at, at your fingertips here. Well, who cares? Okay. That means that he should be able to own the government. And I'm talking about Jeff Bezos. And this is what happens. So he should be able to be a trillionaire and go to the moon while the rest of us line up at food bank lines. And Twitter comes out to praise the stock market. Actually, let's play that video. How, how vile. That in the middle, and, and how somebody could do that. It's on par with Ivanka tweeting a picture of herself holding her precious little baby while simultaneously her father and the rest of his fascist minions are ripping babies from the arms of their mothers who have just traveled 5,000 miles across a desert to try to get a taste of the freedom Ivanka has as, uh, you know, by chance, by luck of the draw. So it's, it's the same thing. What's the difference? We have Amer Americans on food lines and the so-called president of the United States comes out and congratulates everybody on a stock market. Well, thank you very much. And I just want to congratulate everybody. The stock market, Dow Jones Industrial Average, just hit 30,000, which is the highest in history. We've never broken 30,000. And that's just despite uh, everything that's taken place with the pandemic. I'm very uh, thrilled with what's happened on the vaccine front. That's been absolutely incredible. It's, uh, nothing like that has ever happened medically. And uh, I think people are acknowledging that and it's having a big effect, but uh, the stock market's just broken 30,000. Never been broken, that number. That's what a secret the, number, 30,000. Oh Nobody thought they'd have. Look at Mike Pence standing there. He's, he's supposed to love Jesus, right? He loves Jesus so much he won't be in a room with a woman who's not his wife. I mean, this is how sick these people are. Because Jesus is all concerned about what's going on with your pee-pee, right? He wants to know, if you're in the room, well, first of all, he doesn't, please. He, if, if he's in the room with a, a bunch of women, they're, they're safe. Don't worry about it. Trust me. But that's what Jesus is concerned about. If you're in, the, in a room with women, it, what, does your pee-pee, what, what happens with your pee-pee? Pee, are you tempted? Does your pee-pee move a little? Because um, that's sin, sin, shame, shame, shame. These people are, they are, uh, um, they're devolved. Like, you know, I call them Trump Banzees because it's sort of like we study them like Jane Goodall studied the apes, but what, to what end? At least the apes are 
They don't behave like this. Who could really appreciate a Trump and Z? There's nothing. They don't all they don't offer anything. They don't bring anything to the table. They don't offer anything to humanity. Everything that they're about is bullshit. It's complete backwards land. So, oh, great, let's praise the stock market while millions of Americans are on food lines and now 750,000 more Americans de- um, applied for unemployment because that's only the beginning, too, considering the fact that we whatever, um, whatever relief was, uh, was originally passed, that's all coming to an end. It's all go, I mean, they haven't passed another relief package. They've left the American people out to dry. Just go, go pound sand, you desperate bastards. That's what we like. It's great. Congratulations on the stock market. I want to vomit when I hear this. And this is why I'm like, no wonder this country sucks. Everything is screwed up. If we really were um, a, uh, a religion, a Judeo-Christian based on... But first of all, we know we're f- they are full of shit. We're not... This country was not based on Judeo-Christian anything. But let's, let's just pretend... It is what they say, based on Judeo-Christian values. Because we were, it was based on the values of the liberal age of enlightenment. Not that they, you know, that's too scary for them. But if we were based on Judeo-Christian values, what, where does it fit in? Where these, these scumbags are standing up there praising the stock market while Americans are going hungry. They should be ashamed of themselves. This is why this country is swirling the bowl right now. Because we're living, first of all, we've been saying this forever. We, the 80% of the American people are living check to check. I say this all the time because this has to get into the lexicon that has to be front of mind to everyone. That's the barometer of if we're whether we're a successful nation or not. Not a, a, some arbitrary number that will funnel money into the the pockets of the rich. Majority of the American people. They, uh, what what is? How many Americans are in the stock market? Oh, it's the four hundred one. How's your four hundred one k doing? See, that whole 401k shit, bullshit. It's another fascist Republican con. That whole 401k that goes back to Reagan. This is when they started. We can all trace the decline of the American middle class, the white American middle class, I should say, to Reagan's doorstep, of course. But that whole 401k bullshit, that was the Republican answer to guaranteed pensions. Yeah, it used to be that when you retired, you got a pension. 
and it would stay with you until you died. You get a set payment until you die, and then it would be passed on to your wife or your spouse or whatever. So the Republicans, they don't like that. They wanted to give the average dum-dum a piece of, or a seemingly um, piece of the pie, or a stake, a seeming stake in the stock market because they were actively trying to, I mean, this was all part of their plan to destroy social social security. And they first, I mean, they're not stupid. This is how, they're cunning. They have a low cunning. They're very, uh, they, in fact, you know what? It's, you got to give it to them. They play the long game, that's for sure. From the Powell memo to, to today, they've been seeding the ground for this fascist takeover and the decline of the American experiment, that's for sure. So, but the whole 401k bullshit, it was a deliberate um, attack on our guaranteed pension system, an attack on Social Security, trying to give the average dum-dum the illusion that they have a, a, a vested interest in the stock market. When really, what are you, you what are you supposed to do now? Not only between your three uniquely American low-paying jobs, and maybe you get to sleep four hours, five hours a night. Who knows? Probably not. Especially when you're teetering check to check, and maybe you got to get up early to get on the food line. But not only do you got to worry about that, but then you got to become a financial planner too. You got to learn um, the ins and outs of Wall Street. Oh, you better. Oh, if you get suckered too, thanks to the Republicans. Hey, don't take that. That's not their fault. That's you know, take some re- personal responsibility because they undid what Obama, you know, Obama's executive order that financial planners should be fiduciaries meaning that they should not want to F you over. They should have your best interest at heart. Not They can't just sell you some bullshit because they're getting a big commission on it. But Trump took care of that with his executive order. This is who they are. And the fact that any dum-dum votes for these people, I mean, it makes me sick. So... The whole 401k generation uh, just started recently to retire, and it's not pretty. They don't have enough to retire. This is what Republicans do. It never, every time a Republican gets its, gets its fingers, its claws, its clutches into anything decent, it, they destroy it. They're not, because they're, they don't really have your interest at heart. When it comes to the 401k, you think they really give a shit whether you retire in dignity and security? Whether you're eating cat food or not? That's incidental to them. 
It was never about the American people. It was always about them. How much more can they grift from the American people? How much, and, and all of this is the part of the game, too. The grift includes the suckers, turning the suckers into their own, their own worst enemies because they're, they're, they are there cheering their own demise. Oh, how's your 401k doing? That would make me, make my blood boil listening to this in, the, in you know, his Nuremberg rallies. How's your 401k in these idiots? Woo! Like, you suckers. They, they fall for it every time. They fall for all the games that the right-wingers play. The divide-and-conquer games along racial lines. And especially, you know, this, I'm a temporarily embarrassed millionaire. Oh, uh, this, uh, he's just like me. Gonna meet him for a beer. I'll beg him some more. Maybe beg another 30 years and a billionaire will meet you for a beer and trickle on you. Oh, my God. See it. Uh, That's the ninth time since... uh the beginning of 2020, and it's the 48th time that we've broken records in during the Trump administration, and I just want to congratulate all the people within the administration that work so hard. Doing and what? Most importantly, I want to... What did they do? They work so hard, and th- you know how the stupid market is? They're saying that the market went up because of Joe Biden. Of course, he won't mention that. Oh, the market. The market, my ass. The market is a bunch of people, and a lot of them ain't that. They're not in it for you. They're in it for them. The market. Oh, my God, this market. But there's more than, uh, you know, we keep hearing from how, when you were a kid, when I was a kid, from my entire life, listening to religious leaders and whoever else, you know, your parents even telling you that, oh, uh, you can't take it with you. There's more than money. Is it, uh, There's, uh, you know, really, what is the wealth? What is true wealth? And that's why this country is screwed up. We had, for four years, and millions would still like that to, to continue, a con man, a literal con man, who was a greedy grifter. And that's all that mattered to him. Who was, who could, who could he suck money from? Who could he screw over to get money? You know? That's how tiny and small and really, uh, Everything, it's not, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm looking for the words. What are the words? It's, it's not just immoral. It's immature. It is small. I mean, it's everything that is, that, that holds you as a person back, that holds your spirit back, your soul, that holds everything worth, worth fighting for what is i mean you never hear 
people on their deathbed saying, oh, gee, I wish I had uh, made another billion dollars. I wish I had another zero on my bank account. They talk about the relationships, what they, you know, the relationships that, that they let die or they didn't cultivate or the people they wronged. Well, if you're a normal person, maybe Twitler would um, long for another zero on his bank account. Oh, my God. It's unreal. But here's, uh, you know, your holy roller, Mike Pence, standing there. I thought he loved Jesus. This is what's so confusing to me. While it's like the this entire administration is worshiping the golden calf. Congratulate the people of our country because there are no people like you. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Gra- congratulate the people of our country, except for the quarter of a million dead. And not those suckers on the food lines, right? How about them? These people are, it's vile and disgusting. Hold on, guys. Trying to find you. I lost you again. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Terry, for your super chat. Thank you, Anthony, for your super chat. And thank you, Deborah, for your super chat. I'm glad to see you guys because I was wondering if there would be um, people in the chat room tonight. But then I realized this is not an ordinary Thanksgiving. And we need each other. It doesn't matter. Every day, there ain't no holidays in fascism. Wait, I'm trying to find this article. Congratulate the people of our country. Oh, yes, thank you. But will you do anything to help the people of the country? Uh, Don't we get it by now? Just like I was saying in the last show, they don't give a shit. If there are uh, millions of Americans on food lines, that's the point. That means they're doing it correctly. That, That means the Republicans are doing it correctly, I should say. They want people on food lines. They want them desperate. That's the truth. Tell, prove me wrong. Am I, if I am wrong, I would like to be proven wrong. I would like to know, really. Right? I mean, if I'm wrong, I'll admit it. But I've asked over and over. I, cons- I incessantly, continuously ask if there are Republicans who stumble into the show, and you know that they do. They stumble on into post-Trump 2020. Really? Which is pathetic. And, well, they call me names or whatever. I don't care. But prove me wrong. Don't just call me a name. Show me the receipts. What do you have? I want to see. Because I don't, if I am wrong, I will adjust my opinion. And this is why Republicans, well, why progressives, are normal people. I call us normal people. You don't necessarily, I mean, what is, what a, what's a normal person? 
somebody who is emotionally capable and mature and capable of living in a free democratic society. That's it. It's, it takes an emotional maturity, an intellectual maturity. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be perfect, but you have to have that stability. And you could be uh, unstable in other ways, but you, you generally need to be emotionally capable in some form of not being easily played by, uh, by the racist dog whistles. That's really what it comes down to. So that's why it takes an emotional maturity, because that kind of shit, that kind of racist bullshit that, po- that tears people apart is a scam. It's a game. And you, as, you know, you, maybe if you're a child, you might fall for it. That's why you have to be taught racism, you know, and bigotry. Who teaches these kids that, right? They're stupid parents. Otherwise, you grow up and you you realize. That's why in New York City, of course, there's races everywhere. There's morons everywhere. There's Trump Z's everywhere. But in New York City, because we are a, di- a diverse city and... Uh, we, we live amongst all different people, different religions, or none at all. All kinds of pigment. All kinds of people from different places walking around. And that's why it's a liberal, progressive city. Because we know each other. We're not played by the morons. We don't fall for the game. Which is why, you know, I tell these right-wingers they need to get out more. Instead of going on the internet and, what, swirling their, swimming around in the swill of Breitbart, or going on, I don't even know, where the hell, where do they go? Parlor now? OAM, what is that, uh, OAM, One America News or whatever? My God. Do something to educate yourselves. Read a book. Find out about another culture. Do something different. You know, go eeny, meeny, miny, moe and just pick up a book and read it. Something that would expose you to things that maybe you wouldn't necessarily pick yourself. That's why college at a... a, um, a college education, I have to say, you know, is it's, it's worth, it's worth, uh, you know, well, I wouldn't say it's not worth putting yourself into indentured servitude. That's another story. But it's, it should be encouraged because for me, personally, I thought I was pretty damn smart before I went to college. I thought I knew everything as all teenagers usually do. But when I was in college and I was learning about history, you know, whatever, philosophy, psychiatry, what did I take? I took astronomy. I took, uh, not archaeology, anthropology. I, I mean, I loved college. I still do. I love it. I love learning. And, but... 
I remember thinking to myself, boy, I didn't know what I didn't know. And that you're forced, <laughs> in order to pass different classes, you're forced to read books that you would never read yourself. Yeah, you get assigned things to read that you wouldn't necessarily have exposed yourself to. So, And it does open your mind. So it should be encouraged, I would think, for us as a species, which is why we would like to invest in our youth so we not live in a bunch, uh, around a bunch of Philistines, but we're investing in, in each other because of civilization. We want to make a nice civilization that works for all. And that doesn't mean that we all just get to, uh, I don't know, figure out some uh, scam or write some code where you can high-frequency trade faster than somebody else and manipulate some you know, numbers on a balance sheet. Uh, this is what... I don't know. Right wingers are supposedly. Uh, this is they, this is why they vilify liberal arts education and culture and different. You know, whatever. Oh well, that's because he got a uh, he got a, a degree in philosophy. Well, if this was a functioning civilization, we would have uh, the freedom to go and get a degree in philosophy and not have to, you know, be lined up at a food bank. Does that make sense? I know it makes sense to normal people, but I know it doesn't make sense to to the right-wingers because they are, they have learned to, I believe, I mean, in my opinion, maybe I'm wrong, they have learned to love their, uh, they've, they've learned to identify with their oppressors. And I guess that's easier than understanding, than coming to the grips that they're really the biggest suckers going. Wait, hold on. I'm trying to find this one article. For example, since I'm talking about it. All right, before, let me just check in. How's everybody doing? What's going on? Right. <laughs> Resist Evolve says, I know they said Obama was the most liberal senator. They always say whoever is being, whoever is in, the, in their crosshairs is the most liberal senator. They said that Kamala Harris is the most liberal senator. Everybody's the most liberal senator. Good. They should embrace it. But anyway, we'll get to it. We'll get to, oh, the other thing I want to talk about is, is Biden saying, that he he would put Trump Z's in his cabinet. Well, he doesn't say it like this. He says Trump people who voted for Trump. Get the f out of here! Oh my God, here. Okay, so this swill um, came from the Washington Times. So know it by its source. Know the. Who who's putting this shit out there? The Washington, you know, it's a very right wing fascist. It's one of the problematic propaganda channels of the right wing. Here's what they think. Don't cancel student debt. 
teach students and graduates to make better decisions. This is by Just Justin Begley, re and released tonight, November 25th. Everyday people make big financial decisions. Decisions to buy a car, a house, a college degree. Buying a car often requires an auto loan. If an individual takes an auto loan, he is expected to repay it. If the individual buys a home and takes a mortgage, he is expected to repay that too. You notice how they write as well. They, with the he pronoun, it's too much for them to say he or she or they. That's too liberal, you say, to be inclusive, to include everybody in the conversation. They want everybody to know that in their world, this is the 1950s. If I'm being generous with that. In their world, white men are at the top of the heap. So that's why they're not, they don't need to include women in the conversation. It's he, he is expected to repay. Yeah, it's if to say he or she or they, that's that's a uh, PC. And they can't be bothered to be PC. Cuz they're too busy drinking liberal tears and shit. Which another thing, um which one of the things I'm trying to do here with the show is to spread the well, not just spread the good news about progressivism, but to change the paradigm. If somebody is motivated by drinking the tears of their fellow Americans, then they're not then they're not patriotic. That's it. Isn't that simple? If you're motivated by m causing pain and hurt to somebody, so they cry? That's what you want to do? You would call that person a very sick person. You wouldn't frame a political ideology around it and have the other, um, your opposing party, consider it legitimate. Which is, this is why Biden saying that he wants to bring Trump, Trump and Z's into the cabinet. Excuse me. These are the people that want to drink liberal tears, meaning they want to drink the tears of their fellow Americans. So I know that Biden would want a diverse cabinet that looks like America, that represents the diversity of America. But does that include the traitors too? So we have to have women and people of color, quote-unquote, and traitors. And the wrong, the perpetually wrong. How many times does a political party, a, a cult, really, they're not a political party. It is a death cult, a greed-centered death cult, because they have... They've, they're wrong. How many times does a greed-centered death cult get to be wrong and still be asked to have a seat at the table? Join us, please, at the, at the table. 
Oh no, that we're so divided," he said. "I want to um I want to unify this country. Well, you don't unify the country by it's like unifying the chicken house by inviting the wolves to the table. Yeah, I want all the chickens. The chickens are divided here. It's we're not divided. You know? It's the American people know that something is wrong, but we have, it's really the, the whole game that's been played on us. And to, just to add, to ask these Trump bandsies, the people who made a friggin' con man their standard bearer, who unleashed this grift over the for, over the country from sea to shining sea who put Mitch McConnell in charge who stood up there while Biden was the vice president and said the greatest thing i ever did was tell obama he's not going to fill the supreme court seat that's who you want to put in there who while the american people are on food bank lines these efforts are stuffing more unqualified judges onto the bench. In following the footsteps of every fascist takeover in history. So what do you, what? When I said, guys, that um, when Biden gets in, I was, hope of course, I voted for him. I'm not an idiot. I voted to stop the bleeding. But the work, man, it, ha it has just begun. We got our work cut out first. Is that, in fact, it's going to be difficult because they're deluded. Biden, he has, you know, he's got the right um, diagnosis, but not the remedy. He's like, oh, yeah, you have, you. this is divided. It's like, you know, he's, he's operating on an old set of, uh, of inf I don't know, what am I trying to say? He's operating on, he's deluded. He's deluded. It's not just that the American people are divided. Why? Because we don't get along. We don't, well, yeah, one side lives in reality, and the other side is a death cult that has absolutely no interest in reality, that makes up their own reality, the other side still won't accept that they fucking lost the election. Okay? So they think the other side still are trying to fundraise off of this so-called stolen election. So not only do they have their the grifters, in, in the seats of power, these grifters in the seats of power, they, they're not as stupid as the dupes who vote for them. They understand they are manipulating the idiots, the useless idiots, I call them, because they're, they're, they're not useful to me or you. They're useless idiots. They may be useful to the Republican Party, but they're useless to us and the American experiment, that's for sure. So 
they might um they they know so the the ones in power understand that they're full of shit they they know that joe biden won the election of course they do twitler knows it he knew it from the day from the night from the day after i'll say he knew it he knew he was going to lose all along that's why they were seeding the ground to pretend that there there was this nefarious stolen election yeah all over the country we're so divided but there's some cons- every state there's a conspiracy to whatever it's they're they're so full of shit oh it's george soros and hugo chavez for what reason? To what end, I ask? But nobody answers me. It's sort of like the Antifa question I keep asking. Where do I send my Antifa dues? I ask these fascists all the time. Where do I send my Antifa dues? And no one responds. But um, this Antifa is supposed to be so prolific and such a, uh, a, ma- a massive organization that's taking over America. But I don't see where to put my dues. Where do I send my dues? Where are, where's their headquarters? Who's the leader? They don't have an answer because it's bullshit. That's why. But so even Giuliani, that greasy, disgusting, bat-sucking waste of human DNA. I don't know what he is. Vampiric-looking crypt keeper. He knows that he's a liar. He knows he's full of shit. He knows Joe Biden won the election. They know it, but they but they also know who they're dealing with. They're not dealing with smart people. They're dealing with dupes who wave made in China f- flag. I mean, uh, not flag pins. They wear the made in China flag pins, lapel pins. They wave those giant made in China Trump flags around like twitler is some kind of hero isn't it it's so it's kind of fitting it really is fitting a hundred it's a hundred percent fitting that this this party of scam artists the whole thing is a scam from the beginning because the the scam is this I mean, talk about playing the long game. They, they've been rolling back, not just the progressive era, not just the New Deal, not just taking us back past the Gilded Age. They're rolling back the goddamn American Revolution. We're not going back to England, but they are entrenching the rich and the aristocracy back in power. We won't have a queen. It'll look like, just like in, in Russia, they have, oh, President Putin. And in China, President Xi. President for life? Who doesn't, they don't vote president. He's It's chairman anyway. Whatever, that's a whole other story. Give me a break. But, so these these right-wingers who... Joe Biden is he is he for real man? Is he for real? He knows that they that they're grifters. Let's bring them in 
Because what? Because they've done such a great job. After how many times does this have to happen in my goddamn lifetime, really, that the Republicans illegitimately get power despite receiving fewer votes, and then after the smash and grab where they kick the knees out right from under democracy, where they kick you in the crotch, leave you on the food lines, where they smash and grab your federal treasury and turn uh, America the beautiful into some kind of uh, nothing but a host from which corporate ghouls suck profit, and not just America the beautiful, but Mother Earth herself, where we're nothing but hosts from which to suck profit and discard, and, uh, you know, they... Oh, whatever. What am I saying? I'm losing my mind here. How many times do we have to go through this 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 freaking Groundhog Day? Am I am I wrong here? Every time the Republicans get their greedy, illegitimate clutches on the on the neck of power, they screw us over, and then they they ruin it. They ruin the country. They ruin democracy. They make us worse for the wear. Everything that they touch is worse. We're more polluted. We're more divided. We're more... uh, We've lost. We've lost our life expectancy. We've lost... uh, Now we're 80% living check to check. Now we're lower on the totem pole when it comes to the middle class. Now we're below 50% of the population. We used to, you know, we're going down slowly. Now, during Twitler's administration, we, we passed that threshold. Now we're below 50%. The middle class. Oh, the great middle class. You know, that was the American dream at one time. Everybody got to have a decent middle class life. That was the promise of America. Now it's you too could be a billionaire, maybe, if you come up with a scam, and then you can ride those poor suckers on the food line to the bank and discard them like nothing, like carcasses on the side of the road, like husks that get pushed into a refrigerated truck. How many times do we have to go through this? with the Republicans in my lifetime, and still the goddamn Democratic Party wants to rehabilitate the, uh, the, uh, the irredeemable Republican Party. Irredeemable. Really? How many times? This is what happened when what 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 happened after George W. Bush after eight years of that shit show? I couldn't believe when my fellow Americans voted for that con man again, that grifter again. I thought it was bad then. They voted for that that scumbag who comes from a lineage of scumbags who trade with the enemy. Who, who manipulate 
the American people. They're not in it for truth, justice in the American way. They're in it to fucking manipulate government to write the laws so they can steal and get away with it. That's why they're not great masters of the universe. They're just immoral. And they know they have no scruples. So when you when they get into power, they're not in it to ensure that the American people aren't on food lines. They're in it so that they can write the laws to ensure that they remain in the catbird seats of power. So that's when we have people on food lines, when 250,000 are dead and counting. 2,000 a day. We're getting to 500,000 dead. It's going to happen, especially after this Thanksgiving. When you have the right wing, as, as, yeah, I would, I wouldn't be that upset though. Frankly, let them, let these right wingers get together. As long as they stay home and die, don't bother the first responders and the people on the front lines. They're, it's a fraud. How we we've had to endure these scum sucking bastards that have embarrassed the country, that they've destroyed the country, they've tried to entrench oligarchy, turn this into a fascist goddamn dictatorship. This is what they have been doing. It's right out in the open. And I'm not saying this. I'm not just saying it. It's, you're, it's there. I've been saying this for years, that Republicans are in every Republican chest beats the heart of fascism. People are like, oh, yeah. And I've been saying for years. I remember years ago, around the time of George W. Bush, I remember saying to somebody that um, Republicans, well, I, at the time I said Republicans, Republicans hate democracy. And somebody was like, oh, you, you're just, you're like them. You just sound like them. You know, it's like the both sides thing. No, except th I'm right. Oh, they think they're right. They're, I have the receipts. Do, have you seen what's been going on in the past however many years? Even, let's stick to the past couple of months. How about since election day? Republicans love democracy? Show me. Everywhere I look, they're trying to kick people off the voting rolls. They're trying to stop people from voting. They're trying to stop counting legal votes. Get votes thrown out. Everywhere I look, Republicans are sitting in power despite receiving fewer votes. And the rich are getting richer. Billionaires are getting to become trillionaires and the food lines are getting longer and longer and the deaths by despair are going up and then we have the same old goddamn right wing canard well if you uh, made better decisions 
Well, it's uh, yeah, it's not the it's don't 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 hate the game, hate the player. You see, it's not the system that's broken. It's you. Oh, you're not a trillionaire. You're not. You're one of the eighty percent living check to check. Well, you must be a sucker. You didn't learn. You didn't uh, take uh, responsibility. Nobody uh, takes responsibility more than people who are living check to check. When you're living check to check and the legs get kicked out from under you, you immediately take responsibility for that. Everybody on those food lines or take they're taking responsibility. You know who doesn't take responsibility? The the grifters, the 1%. The ones who are cheering the stock market, the ones who don't give a shit who's on a food line. They th- they're fine. They're going to Mars. You know, they fucked up the earth well enough, so let's go to Mars and fuck that up now. <sighs> so, to continue this article, don't cancel student debt. You see, that wouldn't be allowing them to take responsibility. It's sort of like when the banks... We're crashing. Oh, we couldn't. We're too big to fail. But you're not too big to fail. The ones living check to check. The ones who trying to get a piece of the pie that they they do. Hey, they go to college. They want to get an education. That's how they've been told to get ahead. Instead, they run straight up against another goddamn grift. Looking to suck Whatever life they can, right out of your carcass. Suck your dreams, your time, your money, your future. That's what we do to our young people in this country. Not just young people, anybody who wants to go to go to college. If you're not if you don't have a rich mother or father who could get you into a legacy of um admission or whatever hire somebody like that friggin whatever the hell that lady was who went to jail ah, if you just one sucker who oh I don't know you go online you're trying to get a degree and you come up against one of Betsy DeVos's friends after she didn't she roll back that whole th- oh well uh Obama there he goes again trying to help this help the little guy there there goes those Democrats again instead of you know okay let's help the little guy but let's not let's not put the Republicans in power okay because maybe if the Republicans weren't, or the, I mean, it's not, I mean, we do know that it's not just the Republicans, but it's, the whole system sucks. The money in politics. But the Democrats, at least, because Democrats are not, in order to be attracted to the Democratic Party, as I've been saying, you 
generally have an emotional, spiritual, intellectual, moral maturity. So you don't you you don't really like you understand the immorality of leaving people to starve in the streets. But the thing that frustrates me the the most is okay stop stop enabling these right wingers maybe i don't know maybe we could help people even more if we didn't give right wingers such a goddamn wide berth why are we why why do we pretend that they have anything to offer I mean, Obama did the same thing when he was elected after the second near-Republican Great Depression in 100 years. And everything was, that's what Republicans do. They leave nothing but friggin' smoldering husks in their wake. Oh, don't worry, the rich get, they get uh, richer. Of course, they always do. I'm talking about you and me. But what did what did Obama do? So they the uh, troubled asset relief program, TARP, that the filthy fascists, of course, vilified incessantly, though they had a hand in writing it. Oh, of course, they lie, and then they go on faux news and say, you know, it's all uh, socialism or something, because that was their agenda. When Obama, the night of Obama's inauguration, they vowed to obstruct everything that he did, that he did, that we did. We elected him to clean up the mess that the Republicans made as they always do. And they, what did they do? What did the Republicans do? They said, oh, well, we, we vow. They're always making pledges to each other, taking oaths to each other, taking an oath not to raise taxes. Remember that? They always take an oath because they're a friggin' cult. And they took an oath to block Obama from helping the American people, to cause pain to the American people for political gain. That's what they did. And what did Obama do? All the He drove me insane trying to reach out to these ghouls. Remember when he walked over to the the Republicans were all having this luncheon and he walked, well, it was during the uh, Obamacare thing, all the debate, and he went to them and they had an open televised conversation about health care in the country. And of course, Obama knew, knew everything. He looked like you know a normal person with a with a heart and intelligence and emotional maturity and intellectual maturity and these right wingers just looked like the fools that they are the ideologues cuz that's what they are they're ideologues that's the difference between them and normal people because when normal people get n- information they adjust their ideology, not, not the cult. The cult uh, tries to adjust reality to their ideology. 
they they apply their ideology no matter the reality. Everything, everything they do, everything that they encounter could be handled with a tax cut. Everything that happens in on Earth can be addressed with deregulation and a tax cut. Prove me wrong. Tell me where they do did they, they did anything different. Only when they're forced to. And you, you notice. They never, when, when you really want to effectively address a situation, you don't apply conservative ideology to it. Never. Only if you want to suck some profit out of it. You want to make, you know, you want to make your profit out of somebody's misery. That's what you do. If you're really not interested in fixing the situation, then you you shove some uh, conservative ideology on it. And what? so during that time when Obama met with these freaks, and of course he eviscerated them, they look, I mean, all he had to do is talk. They look like idiots and ideologues and cultists. And what did he do? So Obamacare ends up being the Republican health care plan. That's why it sucks. Because it's more, that's another kiss up, kick down. Let's keep this broken profit, profiteer, racket, racket in power. It's not about your health. It's about making a few people very rich. And that's not the purpose of goddamn health care. Who would ever argue? Who would ever argue that the purpose of health care is to make a few people rich? Anybody? Same thing with the Troubled Asset Relief Program. What did Obama do? Uh, he, he reached out to these scum suckers. And he put some of their... Uh, in the, the, although they, they always lie. You know, oh, we... They, behind closed doors. This is everything we heard during Obama's administration. Behind closed doors. Uh, John Boner would be crying. Wait, hold on. Fucking hair. Remember how John Boner would cry? They're such troubled people. They're so... If only they would get help. He was always crying, welling up with tears, because they know how fucked up they are. But what did Obama do with the Troubled Asset Relief, relief Program? They... Um, he put all this right-wing bullshit in there. All their amendments for tax cuts. and He just threw them all these fucking bones, even though that's not what we needed. We didn't need more tax cuts to the 1%. But it don't, this is what Democrats do. How many times do you have to reach out to these scum-sucking people I don't want to call them pigs because pigs are good. I mean, how many times do you have to 
pretend that they they have anything to offer. Do we really need this shit? We need Democrats to continuously rehab this irredeemable greed-centered death cult that continuously crashes the economy every time it gets its friggin' greedy fingers around the neck of power. Not only that, they crash the economy. They kill. How many people have to die? So here's, let me continue with this article. From the Washington Times. I don't know what the hell's going on with me. I got like a stray hair is somewhere. I don't know where it's coming from. It's really bothering me. Don't cancel student death. 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 Debt. Don't. I wish we could not cancel death. My God. Don't cancel student debt. Teach teach students and graduates to make better decisions. Yeah, that's it. It's our problem. We made the wrong decisions. That's why student debt is, that's going to be the next bubble to burst. It's it's the American people. It's not the system, don't you see? Sort of like when you're living, 80% of the people are living check to check. That's not the system that's the people we're all much bunch of stupids we must be i suppose really every day people make big financial decisions decisions to buy a house a car a college degree buying a car often requires an auto loan if an individual takes an auto loan as he is expected to repay it If the individual buys a home and takes a mortgage, he is expected to repay that too. Credit card debt? Of course he repays it. Oh, my God. He. What about she? Does she repay it? Oh, well. That's too PC. But what about a college education? According to Joe Biden, the same responsibilities do not apply. I wonder if this fucker wrote anything near this. Oh, you got to take responsibility when it came to every time they, you know, a corporation crashed the economy. How about taking responsibility for, you know, the uh, the bank, the banking failures Oh, too big to fail, I suppose. How about taking responsibilities and um, paying your taxes? Amazon. Amazon takes no responsibilities for the road, the roads it drives, the court system it uses, the educated workforce that get, yeah, it could read, you know, it. You, the people that deliver these packages, they are able to read the addresses because we, the people, educated them and taught them to read. Amazon didn't open up schools. Well, that's coming, I suppose, down the Hold on, I won't be alive to see it, but let's keep going down this road. And that'll be, we'll be back to the old company town. Why not? 
prior to the election, former Vice President Joe Biden planned to forgive $10,000 per federal student loan, reported the Wall Street Journal. That's what, he wrote that sentence, okay? I just read it. His plan would also eliminate the debt held by students attending public colleges, those earning uh, under $125,000 a year, and those who show they were defrauded by for-profit colleges. Good. This sounds like a good plan, you dumb fucker. But no. In a recent interview with Anand Girardes, Senator Chuck Schumer of New York Oh, God. Senator Chuck Schumer of New York Democrat. uh, This person is a writer? In a recent interview with Anand Girardes, comma, Senator Chuck Schumer of New York Democrat, comma, you see what I'm saying? These people, they're unfit. Now he's trying to be, um, this is what, Passes for scholarly, I suppose. Senator Chuck Schumer of New York, Democrat, comma, alluded to a more ambitious solution to the student debt problem, period. Fucking people. Maybe if he went to college, I don't know, he would learn how to write a paper. Joining with Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, the two top Democrats are proposing that President-elect Biden cancel 50000 per borrower with an executive order during his first 100 days. Well, holla freaking lulia. That sounds great. God damn it. That sounds like a big, uh, pretty massive stimulus package. And I love it from the bottom up. But that doesn't, that don't wash with fascists. You got to be, you got to have the fascist boot on your neck. Where am I? Okay, so the taxpayer is stuck with the burden. Oh, fuck you. The taxpayer is stuck with the burden anyway. When we have an indentured servant a, a whole generation of indentured servants. This person, what? The taxpayer is stuck with the burden. When we are living check to check, the taxpayer is stuck with the burden, you stupid fuck. Every dollar that when we had the GI Bill, when, what happened? Okay, after World War II, white GIs, were able to go to college on the GI Bill. Oh, here comes Tara Jr. Jr. Hi, Booby. Hi, yay. <laughs> Everybody, Tara Jr. Jr. Hold on, put a pin in that for a second. Look at Tara Jr. Jr. How you feeling? You okay? Look at him. Let me look. Look at him. He's all shaved. See? Look at his belly. He's shaved. I know, honey. All right. 
I was just showing everybody your belly. That's okay. Sarah Junior Junior, everybody. <laughs> Antifa cat. Okay. Okay, what was I saying? So, okay, here we are. The, so, the taxpayer is stuck with the burden. Oh, what was I saying about the GI Bill? Every, so, okay, let me get this straight in my head. When, when we invested in the returning servicemen, the white servicemen, I should say, coming back from World War II, after World War II, you realize that the Republicans, the right-wingers, they saw a workforce coming home. They didn't want to send them to college. They saw a bunch of cheap labor coming home. So, unfortunately, well, fortunately for us, not unfortunately, the, Ameri the normal people won the day and sent... Well, they gave the service members, the returning service members, the option to go to college on the GI Bill. So we educated a generation, a white generation of returning service members, and every dollar that we invested in their education returned $6 in tax revenue down the road. That's because it was an investment. And these service members who were able to advance themselves and advance their careers ended up making more money as a consequence of their education than they would have if they had simply returned home and went into the workforce without an education. And that's, that can't be denied. Simply cannot be denied. But here we go again with the Republicans. You understand that they wrap their bullshit in a lot of uh, bullshit and more bullshit. And all of the, the bow that they tie around the whole bullshit wrapped in bullshit is the, um, is the divide and conquer strategy. That's what they need in order to advance this bullshit. We have to buy into it, and others have to buy into it. You have to have a resentment against your fellow American who went to college now and is stuck with this this effed up system. The system is effed up. It's not the the person. The system is effed up. You used to be able to go to college in this country for relatively free. You know, when the GI Bill, they weren't sending students to college on uh, it wasn't hundreds of thousands of dollars they wouldn't come out of college with two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in debt in fact when my well my father went to nyu for one semester on the gi bill this was in the 50s well when was it my father when did he go i don't know he was in the korean war but they, he took advantage of the gi bill and part i mean the gi bill he was able he was able to help buy a home for my grandmother and also because their home had burned down that's a whole other story and went to college he went to NYU for one semester and it was 50 effing cents a credit okay 
at the time. NYU. And he always said that he kicked himself for for not finishing. But he went to work. He went ended up going. You know, he had a, he had to be a garbage man. That's why. You know, he had a dream of be be picking up garbage. So follow your dreams. But that's the story for him. But you know what I'm saying? The system is effed up. It's not that. Um, not the students and of course all of these for-profit ghouls these sharks they wouldn't be swimming in the water if it wasn't effed up there wouldn't be all of these for-profit diploma mills trying to take advantage if it wasn't an effed up system just ripe for corruption and that needs an overhaul and why one of the Best things we could do is eliminate this debt. So this effing bastard says, so the taxpayer is stuck with the burden. And there you go again. Instead of seeing this problem and addressing it for what it is, if, uh, if not address, if we don't address this problem and we do what these fascists want us to do, it will only get worse. The rich will get richer. The working class will sl- will will m- more of the working class will continue to slip into the ranks of the working poor, which shouldn't even be a thing in a functioning democratic republic. But that's a different story. So the gap between rich and poor will get wider. That's their mission here, and they can only do it. If the American people are at each other's throats. Now, with Joe Biden and the DLC corporate Dems, they think that the the answer is not that, um, you know, we're a divided country. Yeah, we're divided. Uh, they think that the reason we're divided is because we there aren't we're not talking to each other. We're divided because we have one party who profits on dividing us, and they deliberately divide us, regardless of all evidence, you know, all of the math that we can show them that says that every dollar that we fe- that we invest in education. That it return what it returns in our economy and in the culture and in the civilization that we're trying to build and trying to use as a model for democracy around the world, right? We want people to say, "Hey, I want that." That's a great system. Look at that. They they have not you know reasonable work days. They have they get a they get paid a living wage. They get to have days off, sick leave. They get to go to the doctor when they're sick. They get to take a vacation, retire in security. And they, oh, when they take a vacation, there's all these cultural things they can do. Because it's not, everybody's not just sitting home, slouched over a computer, trying to come up with some algorithm to high-frequency trade or figure out some scam. Because, you know, 
that's humanity. Isn't that what the beauty of life, the tapestry of friggin' life? But it all comes down to, here we go again, divide and conquer. That's what they, it, they'd have to divide and conquer in order to conquer us. So the taxpayer is stuck with the burden. How many times have we heard this coming out of these filthy, fascist, bastards' mouths? The taxpayer is stuck with the burden. It's only when it benefits the little guy, the one with the fascist boot on his neck, on or her neck. It's only then. Do they complain about the taxpayer being stuck with the burden? They're not complaining. They never complained about the GOP tax scam that funneled $2 trillion more dollars into the arms of people who will never spend it in a thousand lifetimes and their undeserving heirs who will receive their fortunes tax-free thanks to the filthy, disgusting GOP tax scam. We don't talk about that or the taxpayer being stuck with the burden then, and not only the burden of that, but the burden of living in an intergenerational aristocracy again, the likes of which the founders rebelled against. This thing is supposed to be an antidote to that. Oh, so the taxpayer is stuck with the burden. You get it? That's your trigger to hate to hate on your fellow American who's who fell into a trap. Instead of saying, I got you, brother. I got you, sister. I got you. We're not going to let these rapacious ghouls get away with this. Let me pull you out of that hole. Because when you're in this hole, we're all in the goddamn hole. Whether these... these Washington Times scholars realize it or not. But they need us divided. That's how they're dividing us. And Joe Biden is not fixing it by bringing these idiots into his cabinet. How about he uses bully pulpit to educate the American people, not say, you know, oh, uh, we're tired, we, we need to come together. You don't need to come together around treason and greed and the perpetually wrong, the anti-democratic agents of oligarchy who've crashed the economy three times in a hundred years. We have to come come together around that? No. We have to eradicate that. Like we eradicated polio. Because this is crippling us too, damn it. This, now this idiot continues. His name is Justin Begley. He must be a, a white man, I'm sure. It's always some white, privileged little, ugh. Who is this person? Let me see. I wonder if I can look him up. Justin Begley, Washington Times. Well, who who gets a job at the Washington Times and doesn't know how to and writes this? What is it? Where is that sentence he wrote? 
Oh, yes. In a recent interview with Anand Girahardes, comma, Senator Chuck Schumer of New York Democrat, comma, alluded to a more ambitious solution to the student debt problem, period. That's a sentence that he, somebody paid him to write. Oh, what a surprise. What a sur surprise. Here, let's look at him. You're going to be shocked. What do you think? Typical. Just a typical douchebag. God. Yes, he know. He's got the he looks like he has the world's experience, the life experience to really write succinctly on America's problems of uh personal responsibility. Like you know, his daddy and mommy sent him to college. They didn't they they had the money to send him. So it didn't happen to him. He didn't fall into some grift or scam, or some for-profit scam. So, therefore, everybody should be as fortunate as him to have rich parents. Oh, I don't know him from a hole in the wall, but excuse me. You don't have to be, um, you know. They're very t easy to unpack. Oh, no. Romans 535. He says he's a Christian. Host of Magnify with Justin Begley. Oh, Christ. I bet you he's got a lot of patrons, too. Or not patrons. Who knows who funds him? How is Justin Begley not sitting here going, please become a patron? Romans 5, 3. Let's see what that is. Not so, let's see. Romans 5, 3. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, character, and hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Okay. I'd like to hear about his suffering. Has he suffered? I'd like to hear. Maybe. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I doubt it. Sometimes you just know things. I was wrong once in like 1972, but I don't know. All right, here we go. Go back to this article. So the taxpayer stuck with the burden. This misguided policy would dig the American taxpayer a several hundred do billion dollar hole. R fuck you. No, it wouldn't. It would take us out of a hole, you scumbag. And maybe it would shut these damn for-profit colleges down and in the future give others pause if they want to join in the scam. According to the Foundation for Research... And economic opportunity, which, God help us, Mr. Biden's, I'm sure it's some kind of 
one incel sitting in his mama's basement. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who it is. Foundation for Economic Opportunity. They always have these names. Of course, it's a Koch brother. Oh, my God. Foundation for the Economic... Wait, wait, wait. Foundation for Research on Equal Opportunity. What am I saying? Yes. For, no, 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 no. Sorry, guys. Where is it? The Foundation of Economic... I'm getting all different... So many similar-sounding names. But they're all right-wingers. A libertarian think tank dedicated to economic, ethical, and legal principles of a free society. Well, that's who could be against that? Oh my God, help us! It's all all another front to dismantle democracy for the one percent. This is what they do. Ethical, like leaving people on food lines to starve and writing articles saying that if the American people bail out their fellow Americans instead of the banksters or the 1%, then we're all stuck with the bill. And that would be wrong because that's not taking responsibility. I hate these people. I really do. If they were only... They were only consistent in their condemnations. It would cost, and now here we go again, roughly 30 billion, 370 billion. Shut the F up. What does it cost to not do it? It's a slap in the face, always, right? Isn't it always a slap in the face or it's uh, something being shoved down their throats? To millions of America Americans who worked hard to repay their loans who or who did not attend college. So let's have each other at each other's throats even more. The college educating gets the non college educated. How about it's us bailing out people who have been stuck in this corrupt for-profit education system that leaves the student as an indentured servant to the banks. And that's not the point of education. And, and, and Unless you convince me otherwise, bring the receipts. Is that the point of education? To make a few people rich? Or is it to educate the students? Oh, maybe they'll make money, but they shouldn't be you know, that shouldn't be the primary purpose. I don't know. Oh, my God. Oh, here we go. In fact, 57% of respondents to a September Wall Street Journal NBC news poll immediately opposed canceling and forgiving all current student loan debts because of how it's, you know, how they propagandize, I'm sure. More than that, it's a message to beneficiaries that they do not have to take 
responsibility for their decisions. Right. Because the rich always take responsibility for their, for everything. Yep. Like, and the Republicans too. Oh my God. But decisions do have consequences. By canceling student debt, two adverse behaviors are incentivized. Shut the fuck up. This is why we're in this boat. We're morally bankrupt in this country. Morally effing bankrupt. The American people are up to their wazoo in student loan debt because of the rapacious for-profit you know, system that they're caught up in now. So that's the system that's broken, not the people. If they're um, going to school in this country used to be free before the filthy cons got their greedy, grifting hands around it. Now? Oh, God. Let me check in with you guys. Let me see. Yep, that's right. Haiku says, Republicans are already dusting off all the old bullshit talking points from beyond the Trump years. Yep, <laughs> that's true. Darth says, it's like saying we shouldn't have given people a polio vaccine because it would insult people who died from polio, right? That's true. Let's see, student loan. A couple other things. There's so many things going on. That's why. I also wanted to do a show tonight. Thank God Joe Biden wants to do this. Yes, it's good. So here's Ben Burgess from Jacobin says, it's not that complicated. Canceling student debt is good. The argument that we shouldn't cancel student debt because it's unfair to those who've paid off their loans doesn't hold up. Don't overthink it. We should cancel all student debt and make public universities, community colleges, and vocational schools tuition-free. During the 2020 Democratic presidential primaries, well, well, let's go through the fairness and restitution part. Okay, the first thing to notice about this objection that it would apply to any reform that makes people's lives better in the present if we pass Medicare for all, no one from that point forward would have to pay for private health insurance premiums, co-pays, or deductibles ever again. Would that be unjust to everyone who had to pay through the nose for all those things in the past? Or think about all the states that have legalized recreational marijuana. Is, it, is this unfair to all those people who had to pay fines or serve time in prison for possession? in the past, it would certainly be unfair to keep people who hadn't finished their sentences yet in prison after legalization, but the unfairness of keeping people in prison for what was now legal would be a reason to free the prisoners. It wouldn't be a reason to keep marijuana illegal. 
If a monster lives at the edge of town and makes a regular practice of eating bits and pieces of passers-by, and after this goes on for years before the town finally brings in a monster hunter to put an end to it, do the people walking around with missing fingers because of the past monster attacks have a legitimate complaint? Okay, whatever, whatever, whatever. All right. We, we get the point. I wanted to... Here's the other thing. There's many things. Many, 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 many. It never stops. This is a good time to become a patron at this point. Thank you, Richard W. He writes, another great show, Tara. Thank you. God, thank you. Thank you for hanging out. Making me... Making me great again. All right. Where, here's something that makes me want to murder. I'm trying to find it. So many things. So many things. Uh, did you guys see AstraZeneca? Oh, wait. Not that one. I was looking for... Yeah, that was the wrong article. Hold on. <laughs> Talk among yourself. Here we go. I wanted to read this. OxyContin maker Purdue Farmer pleads guilty. Here's your capitalism in a nutshell. Unregulated capitalism. This is even with regulation. This is how disgusting... You understand? Why? Why democratic socialism? When we're talking about democratic socialism, we're talking about regulating capitalism. Capitalism. Why can't I talk? I know. I apologize. Oh, wait, I hear Ray. Ray Ray. Where is he? Oh my god. Oh, honey. It's Ray. Did you hear him squeak? He he squeaks a lot. Honey. Hello, Ray. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, look. All right, relax. Don't let him drive. It's drama mama around here. Tara Jr. Jr. was getting along with Ray, not as much as Francis, and then he got sick. And I think that he thinks that Ray made him sick or something. You know how they associate new things? If they feel sick, they associate things with what's making them sick. So I think that he started to think that Ray made him sick. Or maybe he did make him sick by giving him flu or something. But he, every time Ray walks in the room, he starts growling and yelling when we were living peacefully. All right. Where? Let me see. Let me see. Purdue Pharma pleaded guilty on Tuesday to three criminal charges. 
formally taking responsibility for its part in an opioid epidemic that has contributed to hundreds of thousands of deaths, but also angering critics who want to see individuals held accountable in addition to the company. Now, what is the difference between Purdue Pharma and, you know, I don't know, Flacco on the corner? Who? Uh, what is the difference? Except they're wearing suits and ties and sitting in a boardroom. Uh, what is the difference between Purdue Pharma and a Mexican drug cartel? They knew what they were doing. They knew they were addicting people. That's why they were producing so many pills, and they were sending out these salespeople to... To tell the doctor, I mean, the whole thing is a disgusting, nefarious plot to fuck you and me and everybody who maybe had an accident at work and now all of a sudden they're hooked on OxyContin. I mean, it's not even, there is no excuse. There are no innocent people parties in this they knew what they were doing it was about greed the families that uh, live with this disease the grief the death they knew what they were they were deliberately addicting people it's it's almost beyond words why this company is allowed to continue to operate. Corporations, we incorporate. The government incorporates uh, a business entity. I'm not sure how, how to put it, but it's, it doesn't mean if corporations are people, then why don't they ever feel the consequences? Put the corporation to death. If you're not going to take people and put them in jail for their responsibility, the whole damn company should be dissolved. We put that company together. We give the corporation the right to exist. So why this company, Purdue Pharma, is allowed to exist when they unleashed an opioid epidemic on this country. How many people died? Let's see. Death by overdose, opioid epidemic. How many? 42,000 Americans died of drug overdoses in 2018. The r- record rose to 50,000, over 50,000. Now, let's see. In 2019, wow. It's like this country has no moral compass. We're, we have lost. It's done. Unless we get this back, is that the only thing that matters? Money? Making money? 
this this pharmaceutical company deliberately addicted and killed our our fellow Americans and we are uh, and it's going to continue to exist and nobody's going to jail they're going to pay a fine so Purdue Pharma, the maker of OxyContin, pleaded guilty on Tuesday to three federal criminal charges related to the company's role in creating the nation's opioid crisis. It's beyond What if I did this as a person, as an individual? I addicted, you know, whatever. However many Americans. I created uh, the opioid crisis in America. I played a major role in creating the opioid crisis in America. What what if I did that? You think I would be able to walk away scot-free and pay a fine? That's nothing but chump change to Purdue Pharma. Nobody goes to jail. Why not? Purdue Pharma board chairman Steve Miller pleaded guilty on behalf of the company during a federal, a virtual federal court hearing in front of U.S. Judge, District Judge Madeline Cox Arleo. The courts, oh wait, the counts include one of a dual object conspiracy to defraud the United States and to violate the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act and two counts of conspiracy to violate the federal anti-kickback statute. The play deal announced in October includes the largest penalties ever levied against a pharmaceutical manufacturer. That's just to shut us up, right? You and me, shut us up. Well, we paid the largest fine. Go about your business. What's going to happen to um, Steve Miller, the board chairman? Nothing. He's going to have a nice Thanksgiving, I'm sure, with his family. Hopefully he won't wear a mask and it'll touch his face a lot. The largest fine, including a criminal fine of $3.544 billion and an additional $2 billion. Who cares? He killed people. They killed people. They ruined lives. Not just of those who were addicted or are addicted still. They ruined families. Communities decimated these these greedy bastards, and that's all that matters. Somebody made money, and oh well, they're going to pay a fine. The company, which declared bankruptcy last year, will be dissolved. Oh wait, 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 wait! Oh boy, I didn't know this. What? As part of the plea agreement, its assets will be used to create a new public benefit company. Okay, controlled by a trust. The Justice Department said Purdue Pharma will function entirely in the public interest. What is happening here? I missed this part. Its future earnings will go to pay the fines and penalties. The company is taking responsibility, Purdue Pharma said in a statement. Having our plea accepted in federal court, well, 
Nobody's going to jail, though. I guess that was part of the plea. Put the company in jail and not them. We will continue to work tirelessly to build additional support for the proposed bankruptcy settlement, which will direct the overwhelming majority of the settlement funds to the purpose of abating the opioid crisis. Oh, well, that's nice. You addicted the people, and now you're going to make some rehabs for them. Great. Wasn't that what one of the other things that w- these... These, um, oh yeah, the these goddamn pharmaceutical companies did. They invested in rehab. This is before the everything came out. They were addicting the people, and then they were also investing in rehabs. <laughs> I hate these. I hate. I hate capitalism. I'm sorry. Oh, I know you're not supposed to say that in the United States. Well, why don't you uh, go to communists? Go to commie uh, China. That's what I'm going to hear. No, I'm for democratic socialism, okay? I've always have been, even before it was cool. You can't have, I mean, it's people. You got to regulate it. Some people are greedy fuckers. You ever watch American Greed? I watch that show. I don't know if they're making any new American Greeds. I wish they would. It should be on every every day. I'm sure there's enough to talk about. But it's always when you you think, and not always, I mean. Some of these people, they get money, and then it's, they lose their entire sense of morality. People are fucked up. What can you do? You got to regulate it and make sure that we're operating in the public good. And we all have to kind of check each other. You know what I mean? And that's what, really, that's what it's about. And if they don't like it, here's the other thing. Get the hell out, then. Go to a desert island. This, the other thing I can't stand about Republicans and right-wingers, besides everything else, is that if... They don't, um, they, they seem to want to live in civilization with us all. Are we all, is that it? Is that, we're just existing to, um, facilitate them? If they don't want to be part of our civilization, they can go away. They can go live on a desert island, get the hell out. They don't have to, you know deal with us, getting in the way of their bootstraps and all. What is this now? The House Oversight Panel asked Purdue Pharma's Sackler family to testify over the opioid crisis. The invitation comes one day after the OxyContin manufacturer pleaded guilty to three federal charges. Committee Chair Carolyn Maloney invited Richard Sackler, David Sackler, Kathy Sackler, and Mortimer Sackler to testify. She also invited Purdue Farmer CEO Craig Landu to appear at the meeting, at the committee. Maloney noted that Purdue Farmer pleaded guilty in federal court in 2007 to understating the risk 
of addiction to OxyContin, including failing to alert doctors that it was a stronger painkiller than morphine. In fact, you can go online and watch the videos. I'm sure you can find them on YouTube that they used in the sales pitches to the doctor saying that they it was uh, not addicting at all because it was it was a slow release and then they had um, testimonials but the apparently the people who were in the testimonials of you they came out in court and they've subsequently testified that their entire lives were um, were you know uh, destroyed by oxycontin because they were addicts that they destroyed their entire lives, lost jobs, lost homes, sold everything, including their mama's gold teeth. So, but they were sending out these salespeople telling the doctors that it wasn't addictive at all. When it's, and they, which they knew it was highly addictive, even more addictive. Let's see. The committee has obtained documents showing that your family was closely involved in Purdue's effort to grow the market share for OxyContin and other opioids, even after entering into a prior agreement with the Justice Department on the charges of misbranding, Maloney wrote. The hearing is scheduled to take place December 8th. This should be interesting. The Hill has reached out to Purdue Pharma for comment. The committee sought records from the company in 2019 over how the Sackler family marketed OxyContin. Well, aren't, how come none of them are in jail? Well, I answer my own questions all night. Everything we're talking about. How come they're not in jail? Well, they they run this country. They own this country. They're rich. Well, they'll throw some crack dealer in jail, some hope, um, some heroin dealer in jail, but they won't jo- throw the Sackler effing family in deal in jail that addicted entire goddamn communities. So, all right, let's move on. One other thing, I'm looking at the time. We have many ways we can go tonight, but I wanted to read one thing or talk about one thing. Uh, where, Where is it? Bernie. Bernie Sanders. He did a good thing. He did other things. He's great. He's great. He's going to go down in history as a great American, unlike every Republican that ever squatted in office despite receiving fewer votes. And he recently commissioned a study to figure out who are the biggest, not just welfare queen. There's no, you know, we don't have welfare queens in this country. We have entire welfare corporations. Now, talking about responsibility, like that that Washington Times article, you want to take responsibility. But he, the same author of that badly written article would never think to question the biggest welfare queen corporations. 
So, from the Washington Post by Eli Rosenberg, a sizable number of the recipients of federal aid programs such as Medicaid and food stamps are employed by some of the biggest and most profitable companies in the United States. Chief among them, Walmart and McDonald's, according to a new report from Congress's nonpartisan watchdog. The Government Accountability Office undertook the study on on the behest of Senator Bernie Sanders. Well, you don't see Republicans commissioning studies like this because they're fine with it. Welfare, that's for the rich. Government, they love government. You understand? When they say that they hate government, they talk about they hate democracy. That's what they mean. They love government just fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They love sucking on the government teeth. Mm-mm-mm. All of them, especially, oh, the Mitch McConnells, and they love, the, oh, government has been good to them. Mm-mm. One hand washes the other in this circle jerk of corruption. But you see, the the people waiting on the food bank lines, they don't, they don't have big fancy uh, wine parties or cocktail parties in uh, big fancy, I don't know, wine caves. Well, or I don't know, maybe they do them on Zoom now. But it doesn't matter. They like the power and the connections. But you don't get that when you're on a food bank line. You hear a lot of weeping and wailing and shit. A lot of stress. A lot of fighting. Families torn apart. A lot of uh, tears. Eh, Who needs that? When you're stuffing unqualified judges onto a bench for a lifetime position to ensure that the the corporate wheels remain greased in the right direction. So the Government Accountability Office undertook the study on the behest of Bernie Sanders to answer questions about the relationship between employers and the federal assistant programs. The report draws on federal uh, on, on data from agencies in 11 states that administer Medicaid and the Federal S- Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, better known as SNAP, or food stamps. Walmart, we knew this, was one of the top four employers of SNAP and Medicaid beneficiaries in every state. Every fucking state. Remember when the number one employer in, in the country was General Motors? that paid living wages, had a unionized workforce, where workers made an entire career there and retired with pensions after a lifetime of work. Now it's Walmart, whose employees make such a pittance that they qualify for government benefits. And the, the six heirs, the Walton family, have more money than 50% of the population. Six fucking people. 
But you don't hear these Republicans, these right-wingers, talk about personal responsibility for them. And all they had to do, these Walton heirs could still be rich. This is what's so ironic or disgusting, however you want to categorize it. They'd still be rich. If the if Walt if the Walt I mean if the Walmart whatever if Walmart paid a living wage pay a fucking living wage give a fair goddamn salary to the people who who make the goddamn who ring up the goddamn cheap shit made from China made in China whatever the hell who who make the goddamn Walmart's go around who whose labor makes your profits possible. Pay them a living wage. You'd still be rich, you freaks. Even if you paid your taxes and you paid your employees living wages and you'd get a, the added benefit of living in a country where you don't have to step over people sleeping on the streets, or drive around the, the caravan waiting on the food line. You know, that goes back miles and miles. you got to get up at 4 a.m. You have the added benefit of having a, a decent country you can be proud of. That is the shining city on the goddamn hill I keep hearing about. If I hear Shining City on a hill one more time, I'm going to vomit. Everything, what is the Shining City on a hill to these people? When 80% are living check to check, that people are on goddamn GoFundMe looking for medical care. While the rest of the world, you know, looks at us shaking its head. I just saw this thing online about life expectancy in the United States and how it's how it's going down. It's pretty sad. We want to know what's oh uh, congratulations to the great American people for your sacred three thirty thousand um stock market number. How about the fact that your life expectancy is going down and that you're you're not your happiness, ugh, your happiness index. How about you know, the fact that we have slipped down for the first time in a long time, many levels on the social progress index. We don't even crack the top 10 of happiest countries, that's for sure. Life expectancy in the U.S. Oh, yeah, here it is. It's gone down again. Uh, 78.54 years as opposed, it's, it's on its way down. It's actually, it used to be higher in 2017. And now it's going even lower. And... Right now, in Canada, the life expectancy is 82.25 years. In the United Kingdom, it's 81 years. 
81.16, and in the United States, it's 78 on its way down. Isn't that funny? Let's take Canada and the United States. Why would that be? I mean, we're in the North, we're in North America. What would be the difference? I wonder. Could it be universal health care? Could it be also the community spirit? You have to have a community spirit to have a functioning society. We don't have a community spirit. We have a bunch of fucking crocodiles circling us. And many of us are getting, millions are getting picked off. Well, the rest of us are going, <laughs> blaming, I don't know, Antifa. Jesus Christ, it's so tedious. Let's see. Walmart was one of the top four employers of SNAP and Medicaid beneficiaries in every state. That's what I said. In the nine states that responded about SNAP benefits, Arkansas, Georgia, Indiana, Maine, Massachusetts, Nebraska, North Carolina, and Tennessee. Walmart was found to have employed about 14,500 workers receiving the benefit, followed by McDonald's, according to Sanders' team. In six states that reported Medicaid enrollees, Walmart again topped the list with 10,350 employees, followed by McDonald's with 4,600. In Georgia, for example, Walmart employed an estimated 30... 3,959 workers on Medicaid, an estimated 2.1% of the total non-elderly, non-disabled people in the state receiving that benefit. McDonald's was next on the list. In Oklahoma, it's it's all these red states, too, you freaks. Oh, my God. Would you ever really stop for a second and assess yourselves? And understand you're being played, really. You really are. You're constantly being played by these rapacious ghouls. And then you go around crying about how individual, rugged individual, and you don't like socialism, and blah, blah. I'm so sick of it. Please. And you're... You're the biggest welfare-taking socialists I know. I don't know any socialists more bigger than you. Really. Then these red states, taking, taking, taking constantly. Maybe that's why it's sort of like, you know, the closet case. Again, another example of how they're, they hate America. That's why they always constantly waving the flag. Because they're confused by America, so there's, that's the only thing they can do. They can't explain what America is, what it's supposed to be. They can't explain that because they don't know it. They don't know history. They don't know the Enlightenment or the, how, why the founders rebelled. All they know is freedom. No taxation without representation. That's what they think. They know they heard that. Then, you know, why did they rebel? No taxation. They didn't like taxes. No, it's no taxation without representation. Was it no freedom? It's freedom. We're free here. 
you know, free to take Medicaid and work for pittance. So our rich, rich uh, benefactors will one day maybe we'll be like them, and we will we could say freedom. Well, we're on our well, we're taking Medicaid and telling everybody we're free on our food stamps, Medicaid, and Socialist Security while we're being paid uh, poverty wages. Freedom! And we're going to tell them we don't like your socialism over here, but what we really mean is black people. We just don't like those darker pigments taking it. In Arkansas, where Walmart was founded and maintains a headquarters, 1,300 were receiving SNAP benefits at 3.1% of the state's total. Woo-wee! You know, if they only paid a living wage. How much do you have to be paid like shit to be below the poverty line as a working person, you're working in, in Arkansas. You're not in um, Manhattan. You know, the standard of living is a bit higher here, or whatever. The cost of living, not the standard, the cost of living. I mean, I can get like a palatial palace for the amount of rent of a one-bedroom apartment in Queens in Arkansas. So, what are they being paid? I, the federal minimum wage is its not $15 an hour yet. You know that they didn't raise the minimum wage in Arkansas because, you know, they're all about bootstraps. Except they're not. They're not really about bootstraps. They're just about whining about everybody else's bootstraps. And they don't like black people. That's what it is. They just don't like black people taking those benefits because they need them. They need them at Walmart. If they're giving them black people, then how much is left for Walmart? Oh, my God, help us. McDonald's was next on the list. Another 3% of SNAP recipients in Georgia work from Walmart. Another one of these great bastions of Trump and Zism. Well, I know that went blue, thank God. See, there are normal people everywhere. The next companies with large numbers of workers on federal benefits include Dollar Tree, Dollar General, Amazon, whose big, big uh, CEO is going to goddamn Mars and is going to be a trillionaire. How about you take one of those fucking billions and spread it out amongst your workers so they don't have to take um, Social Security and Medicare? How is this possible? How is this allowed? 
And right now, all over the corporate media and all over the right-wing fascist websites, they're whining about uh, a student loan bailout. When that will actually free the American people. They're not whining about this. They're not talking about this grift, this filthy grift going on. Where How dare? How dare these, these giant corporations? Amazon, Jeff Bezos is going to Mars. He's going to be a trillionaire. If this isn't um, a call for the National Razor, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not saying, you know, metaphorically, okay? This is why the French have a, had a revolution. One guy gets to be a trillionaire, while we, the people, we have to make up for the fact that he doesn't want to pay them a living wage? But he, he wants to go to Mars. One fucking guy wants to go to Mars. So, oh, okay. So don't pay a living wage. We'll make it up. Don't worry, buddy. We got your back. Don't worry. Oh, we, don't worry. We're on food lines. That's okay. We got the food lines going. And we got the the welfare going for you. You don't have to pay them. I know you want to go to Mars really bad. And you're going to be a trillionaire. You go, guy. We got you. Oh, we don't have the thousands and thousands of employees who are taking federal and uh, public assistance, fuck them, right? Bootstraps for them. Responsibility, personal responsibility. But it's all for Bezos. It's for the one guy. He's going to Mars. And then Burger King... Disgusting, which is another reason I'm disgusted. I mean, McDonald's, Burger King, all of the the corpsing of the animals, good for them. They, uh, whatever, got to eat all of the death that this, ugh, disgusting. And they can't even pay. Well, it's got to go to, it's got to go to the CEO. That's it. It's got to go to the shareholder. Congratulations on the beautiful sacred 30,000 number. And FedEx and the, and the G and... Oh, no, 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 no. That's it. And FedEx. Disgusting. In a statement sent by spokeswoman Morgan O'Mara, the company said it believed the data was taken out of context and misleading. Oh, yeah, sure. Because we've known about this for years. How many times we have revisited this story? We know that Walmart is the biggest welfare queen. And the Walton family is the Walton, I mean, is the welfare royal family. Forget the welfare queen. Oh, it's taken out of context. How? Okay, put it in context. Your employees, you have the most amount of employees on public assistance. Put that in context. 
and what? I'm waiting. What's the context? That's going to make that look good. What's the context? So you can wrap that around. Oh, God. McDonald's believes elected leaders have a responsibility to set debate and change mandated minimum wage is and does not lobby against or participate in any activities. So you won't pay a living wage because the federal government needs to set a minimum wage. They can pay. The minimum wage is the minimum. It doesn't mean that you got to pay minimum wage. It just means you can't pay below seven, whatever, 50 an hour at this point, which is bullshit. You live on seven fifty an hour. McDonald's CEO, you freak. Jesus Christ. Anne Hatfield, a spokeswoman for Walmart, noted that the company was the country's largest employer. Well, then pay a living wage. So what? That's a disgrace. Really, it's a shame. It shows us how far we've fallen. If not for the employment access Walmart and other companies provide. Employment access? Oh, yes, thank you. Thank you, my lady. Teaching us the dignity of work. Too bad nobody can teach us the dignity of working for a living wage. God, you believe this. This only comes as a consequence of a society where the rich run and own everything and everybody else is running scared. Everybody's divided. And we're all, what? Uh, please, please, uh, uh, let me fly under the radar. I, I, I'll be good. Maybe I'll one day be a billionaire, too. Good luck. Jesus Christ. A small percentage of a workforce comes on comes to us on public assistance. And we remove employment barriers and create opportunities for individuals that too many overlook. Why? What are you saying, that people on public assistance don't want to work? They're working, they want to work, and they actually want to be off public assistance, and they want to earn a living wage. You're saying they remove barriers? What are you talking about? We remove the barrier? What are the barriers? Other people won't hire them? Why? Because what's wrong with them? They got two, two heads? They're not smart like you. They're not, uh, you know, they, if they were, they wouldn't be making a minimum wage, you know. <laughs> if they're not smart like us, they would be uh, sucking on the government teeth like us. <laughs> we suck on the government teeth and we, um, we're millionaires. <laughs> Oh, my God. Here she goes on. Um, Walmart has invested more than $5 billion 
an increased pay and expanded health benefits and a debt-free college program. Well, probably because you know why. I started seeing all these commercials because all the word was getting out. What a bunch of rapacious ghouls you are, how you're destroying communities, how you import all this cheap shit from China and you undercut local uh, businesses and you fuck everybody over and then you decimate towns and you pay minimum wage and your employees are on public assistance and that 30 years ago the number one employer was GM and now it's Walmart and it shows the decline of the American dream you know so you I started seeing all these commercials I'm Walmart or we're Walmart or whatever, however how great you were Nobody has to put out commercials about how wonderful it is to work at a place if there aren't a hell of a lot of stories and a hell of a lot of evidence documenting how, how horrible it is. The same thing with Amazon. We have all these public relation videos. I'm Amazon or whatever the hell. I work at Amazon. And I make, I'm the one who makes all the packages go. And I have my kid here. And we're great. And, you know, it's the best. That's all. What's, what are you talking about? We're great. So what? One guy's making a, he's going to be a trillionaire. And he's going to Mars. Who cares? Somebody's got to go to Mars. Why not be him? He's got all the money. You Maybe he could share. I don't know. Does he have to have a trillion dollars? Can he have um, 500 billion? Isn't that, is that enough? Maybe, maybe there's a, maybe, a, maybe he could scrape by on a billion. And the rest can go to the people that make the fucking company roll. What do you think? Wouldn't that be better for all of us? Since we are an interdependent species, it's not like Jeff Bezos wants to live on a goddamn desert island. Don't send him to Mars. Send him to a desert island and just leave him there. Say, good luck, buddy. Oh, wow, you came up with a bookstore online. That means you should rule over us all. I can see your point. That means that everybody who ever fought, bled, and died for democracy, well, they can all just go pound sand in hell because you know what? The rich are getting richer, and that's why we're all here. That's what, what it means to be an American. We're all working for the 1%. Not this general welfare shit that the founders thought was so important that they capitalized and spoke of numerous times, wrote down. Nobody said promote the welfare of the 1% or the corporate elite. In fact, they did say that, uh, you know, E pluribus unum, out of many, one. We're in this together. We pledge our lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to each other. Not that 
you know, we get to fuck you over and go to Mars. Use you, like, ride you to the bank mercilessly. Pay you nothing. Use our power to corrupt politicians to ensure that we can continue to ride you to the bank and not pay you a living wage. Because all all that money that is not being paid to the workers is getting funneled into into Jeff Bezos' pockets. We're we're making it making up the difference. All of that money we might as well be paying to Jeff Bezos. So not only it's like he's on welfare. They're all the whole goddamn company. Oh my God, help me! And then we have to listen to the lectures of these right wing goons talking about per- personal responsibility. Oh my God. A 2013 study from the University of California, Berkeley, found that three quarters of people in the country's major public benefits programs, such as Medicaid and SNAP, came from working families. Well, that's why the country is fucked. A follow up report two years later found that the numbers were worse for the fast food industry, where more than half, 52%, of fast food workers are in families where one or more family members relies on public assistance. The GAO data reflects some of the large-scale economic changes that has tilted economic benefit. Tilted? What do you mean tilted? Economic benefits towards the wealthier segments of society. It's not tilted, honey. It's skewed. It's tilted like a like a funnel is tilted. Let's see. The wealthier segments, as much of the job gains over the last decade before the pandemic came from the service sector while wages have failed to keep pace with productivity. How much have I been saying this over the last 10 years? Corporations are reaping record profits. Productivity has never been higher. And the American people keep slipping lower and lower on the ladder. This has been going on for over a decade. More or longer. The story is partially about the minimum wage, too, which is at $7.25. Excuse me, I said $7.50. I was being too generous. Has fallen, has fallen well below the amount it used to be when adjusted by when adjusted for inflation. Wages at the bottom and middle of the income spectrum have essentially been flat since the late 70s. As productivity has increased, pay has stayed very low, and again, our federal minimum wage is well below it would be if it kept up with inflation. So many families earn too little and get by on what they earn from their jobs. There is a growing conversation about the improving the plight of the low-wage workers as the push for the $15 minimum wage increase finds support. There is growing evidence of serious long-term negative effects on families of low income. Increasing family income has big effects on children's educational income outcome, excuse me, children's health, 
adult mental health, crime, and recidivism. But we live in that society. You see, Jeff Bezos and his ilk, they go behind the walls of their gated communities. So they don't need need to hear about this shit. They want our money. They got to get paid, bitch. Ugh. Let's see. Heather Bush, Boucher, president of the Washington Center of Equitable Growth, a think tank, has been advising President-elect Joe Biden, according to multiple reports, said the story was fundamentally about taxes. She said that it shouldn't be viewed as inherently problematic that workers relied on government programs for benefits as long as companies were paying their fair share to the government. I don't know about that. That's part of it. Paying their fair share and paying living wages. The idea that we can finance access to health care through the tax system is what many other countries do. Access to health care. Oh, God. So we shouldn't be appalled by that, but we should make sure that everybody is paying their fair share. In some ways, it pushes us to say, what is a sufficient way to do this? All right, whatever. God help us. Mamma mia. Yes, you're right, Haiku on the chat. We need a maximum wage. You're absolutely right. And that's why the marginal, the top marginal tax rate of 90% is 100% fair. And it needs to be reinstated. And it used to be commonly understood as a patriotic tax that prevented an intergenerational aristocracy from developing and uh, reaching out to control government itself. And that's why we're here, to keep that, to spread that reality, to get this word out. No, I don't hear this on corporate media. Uh, yet again, I don't know if you've been watching Morning Joe, as I do, because Joe Scarborough wrote a book on um, Harry Truman, and all week I've been hearing he's uh, they'd never miss an opportunity to go off about socialism. And the other day, I couldn't even believe it. I was wiping the sleep from my eyes, and I'm listening to this shit, and he's saying that Harry Truman was, um, I'm paraphrasing, he was saying that he was... Um, equally horrified by socialism and communism which socialism communism not the same fucking thing but of course they conflate and they have to they continue to conflate nobody is saying that that we that the government should take over the means of production we're saying that corporations need to be regulated in the best interest of we the people, you know, promote the general welfare over the welfare of the corporate elite. Okay? Like other countries do, right? And um, he was saying, and without a hint of irony, this is why this country is so fucked, because we're so stupid. And that's by, on deliberate purpose, by, uh, by the corporate media. Because in one breath, he was saying, Harry Truman was so horrified by socialism and communism, quote-unquote, and was afraid 
socialism and communism was going to break out in Europe after the after World War II because of um, the Europe was decimated. That he was a genius and he instituted the Marshall Plan. What the f- what was the Marshall Plan? You know, we when we the pe- when the people rebuilt rebuilt Europe. Uh, isn't that socialism? As far uh, I don't know. When we take our tax dollars and we rebuild entire communities and reinvest and in a government and a society making an economy that works for the people. I I don't know. So am I insane here? Maybe. Don't answer that question. So what uh so the Marshall plan so socialism stopped socialism from breaking out. Right? Am I wrong here? He, he, what the fuck? Uh, and others, this is why Twitler, remember when Twitler was like, oh, we'll take, when the, we used to be so strong, we used to take, take, you know, uh, walk in and take people's, take countries' natural resources. He, because he, he's living in um, the dark ages, of course. So, yeah, we were, we were so stupid. The Marshall Plan, also known as the European Recovery Program, was a U.S. program providing aid to Western Europe following the devastation of World War II. It was enacted in 1948 and provided more than $15 billion to help finance rebuilding efforts on the European continent. Okay. The brainchild of U.S. Secretary of State George Marshall, for whom it was named, it was crafted as a four-year plan to reconstruct cities, industries, and infrastructure. Hooray! What the hell? Help me, God. All right. All right. It's getting late. My ass hurts sitting in this chair. It's really unreal how much work we have to do counteracting the stupidity and the the greed, the indifference, the complete propaganda of the right wing. Uh, and I'm talking about not just the fascist right wing, but the corporatist right wing. They're, they're the same. One is just off the hook crazy. The other one is just damn goddamn greedy. And they have a vested interest in, in in maintaining. Okay, they like Joe Biden. They want him there. But they have a vested interest in maintaining this this bullshit system that allowed a filthy fascist to rise into power. And when they talk about, oh my god, you know, the money. Oh, money, money. We, uh, the sacred money, 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 30,000 number. Uh, all I can hear is how, how bankrupt we truly are. 
the the United States, um, we have we have so much work to do. Not only are we living check to check, one third can't retire. I mean, these are horrible statistics. Thousands, thirty five thousand Americans die needlessly for lack of health care every year because they can't afford to go to a doctor. Needlessly. You have something that, you know, could be cured, but you can't afford to go to a doctor. Maybe you go after you can't, it's like, I can't stand it anymore. I can't stand the pain. I can't stand the lump. I got to figure out, I, whatever it takes, whatever it costs. It's and we allow it to continue. And then we have a grifter, a literal grifter who stood up in front of the American people and said, I'm so greedy, greedy, greedy. I like all the, I want to take all the money. I'm greedy. I don't feel good about turning down money. Because my whole life I've been greedy, greedy, greedy. I've grabbed all the money I could get. I'm so greedy. And people voted for him. They voted for that thing. While we were on food lines and living check to check and going bankrupt. And it's life expectancy going down. Americans are whining about wearing masks while 2,000 are dying every goddamn day. And every, every positive metric that we can measure this country by, we're going down or on the wrong side. We're on the wrong side of happiness. Shouldn't the country be measured by happiness? Right? Isn't that the real wealth of a nation? Not just it makes the rich richer. A couple of people get really fucking rich, but the rest of us, you know, oh, well, you, you're going to be happy in heaven. Don't worry about it. I'm telling you. Put some of your money in this, uh, you know, send it to me. I'll, I'll send you some magic something or other. Oh my God, what is this? I'm looking at something that's making me mad. Oh, I can't read it. It just put me behind a paywall. But it looked like a a right-winger was writing something about, oh, the world happiness is a joke. Happiness, everybody knows happiness comes from greed. How much shit you can take and have and fuck. So, according to, here's a, an article. Uh, we'll, we'll read this and that'll be that. Americans are the unhappiest they've been in 50 years. Just 14% of U.S. adults say that they are very happy. By the AP. Spoiler Spoiler alert. Sorry, I can't talk sometimes. You guys know it, and I appreciate that you're 
so forgiving. 2020 has been rough on the American psyche. Folks in the U.S. are more unhappy today than they've been in nearly 50 years. This bold yet unsurprising conclusion comes from the COVID response tracking study conducted by NORC at the University of Chicago. It finds that just 14% of American adults say they're very happy, down from 31% who said the same in 2018. That year, 23% said they'd often or sometimes felt isolated. Now, 50% say that. The survey conducted in late May draws on nearly half a century of research from the General Social Survey, which has collected data on American attitudes and behaviors at least every other year since 1972. No less than 29% of Americans have ever called themselves very happy in that survey. Most of the new survey's interviews were completed before the death of George Floyd, touched off the nationwide protests and a global conversation about race and police brutality, adding to the feelings of stress and loneliness Americans were already facing before the coronavirus outbreak, especially for black Americans. Uh, Lexi Walker, a 47-year-old professor, professional fiduciary who lives near Greenfield, South Carolina, has felt anxious and depressed for long stretches of this year. She moved back to South Carolina in late 2019. Then her cat died. Her father passed away in February just when she thought she'd get out and socialize in an attempt to heal from her grief. The pandemic hit. It's been one thing after another, Walker said. It's very hard. The worst thing about it, for me, after so much, I don't know what's going to happen. Among other findings from the new poll about a life in the, in the pandemic, the public is less optimistic about the standard of living improving for the next generation than it has been in the past 25 years. Well, that's just being realistic. Only 42% of Americans believe that when their children reach their age, their standard of living will be better. It's not just a belief, honey. When you're living check to check, that's and you're below 50% as far as the middle class is below 50% of the population, this is a problem. A solid 57% said that in 2018. Compared with the surveys conducted after JFK's assassination in in 1963 and after the September 11th terrorist attacks, Americans are less likely to support some types of emotional and psychological stress reaction following the COVID-19 outbreak. About twice as many Americans report being lonely today as in 2018, not surprising given the lockdowns. Thank God for the internet, really, how we can all get together. What is surprising, said Louise Hawkey, a senior research scientist, was that loneliness was was not even more prevalent. It's not as high as it could be, she said. People have figured out ways to connect with each other. That is true. It would be worse if we couldn't do this online thing, that's for sure. Let's see. Well, let's just, I don't know. There's other things we can talk about. But you know what? It's 11 o'clock. 
and I think I need to get unconscious. What about you? What do you think? <laughs> do I need to get unconscious? What about you? Are you getting unconscious? Let me see. Where are you? I'm finding you. Mm -mm -mm. Guys, 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 guys. Thank you all for your super chats. Haiku. Thank you, Jim and Terry Taylor and Anthony Summer and Deborah and Richard W. Thank you so, so much for your super chats. And, and Randy, Randy Radar from PA, thank you so much for your incredibly kind and generous and thoughtful gift to help Tara Jr. Jr.'s recovery and uh, my birthday coming up on December 27th, which is a perfect day. Well, a perfect way to become, to say happy birthday is to become a patron at patreon.com or whatever, or tell your friends about the show. How's that? Share the show with your friends. Become a patron. Soon we'll be on Rockfin. I'm going to have to be, tell you, I'm going to have to bother you about that. That will be another thing you got to buy. I know. We'll figure something out. Also, what else? Have you seen Patricia? Has she been around? I haven't seen her in the chat lately. I hope she's okay. And I see Greg, of course, the number one Tara Buster fan. I really appreciate it. Darn Tootin, hello, hello, Paradu. Hello, Richard. And hello, who else is here? L's 214. Hello, Terry Taylor. Hello, hello. Hello, Jim. And Darth. And Terry. And Richard W. We have the best chat room over at youtube.com slash C for channel slash RDT Daily Media. If you're on any other channel and you wanted to jump jump on in. We miss somebody here. Where are you? Hello, Antifa. <laughs> I love that name. Antifa. That's great. Elise. Hello. And hello, River. And hello, Covert White Rabbit. You guys. Remember, you can also join the Discord page. And post pictures of your pets and everything else you want to talk about. I like pets. Thank you, Bob. Oh, God, MAGA. Oh, God, help us. What is the matter with you? Mm -mm -mm. Let me see. 
I don't know what's happening. All right, Richard, thank you for your super chat right in at the wire. You guys are great. Thank you so much. What is the YouTube address? Hold on. I'll put it in the chat here. Hold on. Steve King on Facebook says, hopefully you, you could see that. YouTube.com slash C slash RDT Daily Media. It should have posted. I posted it on the restream chat, and that goes out, hopefully, to everybody. All righty, my friends. Let's all get unconscious. We can do it. We'll time it together So because we do everything together. I, I wanted to read about the real Thanksgiving and I completely forgot. All right, whatever. We'll do it do it next year. <laughs> also, um I uh what I cuz you know, I don't eat meat. I adopted a turkey for Thanksgiving. Every year uh, for Thanksgiving, I well, you don't really adopt, you know. You you support a turkey from the from the farm sanctuary. So I supported get it's over there the, one of the things that really gets on my nerves well whatever everything gets on my nerves not everything but most things not animals don't get on my nerves but um is the whole pardoning of the turkey it's to me it it says that we we know that what you know that we're being cruel I know, everybody's going to eat their turkey, whatever. Enjoy. Enjoy your your poor little animal. But I have adopted a turkey. Every year, the farm sanctuary has different, you know, you can support a turkey. So, and they give you their names. And the the, the turkey I adopted, I think it was Tiki, Titi. And she was a... Survivor of a of a slaughterhouse. I don't know how the hell that happened, but now she's living at the farm sanctuary. One in a you know that's the one in the billion. All right, guys, I can't get into it. I know you guys are gonna get mad, but maybe you think about it. That's all. Have a nice vegan Thanksgiving instead of, I don't know, because one day we'll have to expand our circle of compassion to include all the creatures that we share the planet with, I believe. All right, my friends, my name is Tara Devlin. Thank you. Why am I talking like that? Every time I do a show, uh, a show about Walmart in Kansas, or Arkansas, or Kansas. I saw talking like that. All right, guys. Remember what I say. It is true. Whoops. Yeah, I say whoops a lot too. But we will win. We will. Because we're on the right side of history. We know it. You know it. They know it. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy. Thank you so much for all your support and for being my friend. And you know what? 
When we stick together, we win. I will see you very soon. Happy Thanksgiving.